0: hi julia how are you
1: oh i'm in my happy place do i am i do i sound okay or am i a bit too far back from the microphone because i'm reclining uh, on my bed and last night my little boy slept with me
0: oh we had
1: cuddles and this morning he woke up about seven o'clock and then we just sat there and we had a, we were talking for about an hour and a half and i'm in the same space and i've got all his soft toys and all the pillows and it smells of him so
0: I'm Aww, just, that's he- lovely Do your children still have lots of cuddly toys? Because ours have got still got hundreds. They won't get rid of them.
1: No, mine won't get rid of them. I mean, my eight-year-old little boy, his birthday's coming up, and he wants another cuddly toy, yes. like a Pikachu or whatever it is. I don't know. Oh,
0: Pikachu from Pokemon.
1: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, mm. that, that one. Yeah,
0: that know him well. But but yeah. I mean,
1: he he goes to sleep with about fifteen around his head and around. I was like, well, "Are you sure you want another cuddly?" Oh yes, mummy, definitely. Yeah, same.
0: <laughs> Both our children still, I mean, you know, Elijah's become a teenager. He's still got lots. And, um, but Sonny, our youngest one, his favourite, favourite cuddly toy. Yeah. He calls Bee Bear and it costs two pounds from Ikea. Mm -hmm. And he's had it since he was born. And it's just his favourite and he goes to bed with it every night. And it's just his favourite, favourite thing in the world.
1: It's funny how they have their, their ones that, you, you know you can never lose them. I mean, we have yeah. some toys that can't leave the house. Like they say, oh, can mm. we bring them? And you go, no, because you yeah. know that if you know, it falls out of the car at some low, stage it? or it's get, it gets lost in the park, then they just won't sleep for the next three nights. Um, yeah, we've got a similar – we've got a Pomeranian – don't ask me how we ended up. I have no idea how we ended up with this this dog. So it's got a big round, fluffy head, little thing, and um, one of the one of the twin girls, Anthony, absolutely loves this dog. Uh, and we call it's called Pom Pom because it was Pomeranian. We've got no idea where it came from, but really? but and just appeared one day. And well, no, I mean obviously it was. It must have been a gift when they were born, or you know, mm. you know how you just get this influx of yeah. soft stuff that comes in soft stuff and plastic when you when you have children. And really weirdly, one of her best friends that she made at nursery, Eddie, has exactly the same dog.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah. And it's not like a common, it's not like one of these jelly tops. they on offer? Or, maybe. Maybe they're on <laughs> offer in the pound, pound land or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But it's important Their their connections to their to their cuddly toys are, I like it, first of all the fact you you just said it you know your teenager still has yeah. an attachment to it it's good I want them to be on that level emotionally for as long as possible for I want to, I want them to be you it's interesting because you're sort of teaching them about emotions mm. but you also want them to stay childlike for as long as possible because the innocence is so beautiful and it's so short-lived so you yeah. sort of want to prolong that don't you
0: absolutely and we grow up so you know children grow up so quickly don't they they're sort of in, you know because of the education system and stuff they have to grow up very very quickly and I think I love that our children still do quite a lot of younger things you know they're into younger stuff still and that you know I think it's a great comfort actually.
1: Yeah do you talk to them about emotions and stuff do you have those conversations or do you just navigate emotions without talking about them with them? No
0: we're very hot on that stuff actually we're very um honest we have always been very honest with the children about emotions and we you know allow them to to show their emotions when they need to and and it's something that we discuss you know obviously um if they're you know get angry or bad tempered things like that then we you know there is a discipline involved with that but we allow them to sort of seek that out sometimes and also to you know be in touch with those things sometimes i think it's good actually to let um children show their emotions um i don't want you never want them to sort of bottle stuff up so Mm. you know i I think talking about those things as for children and adults is good you know i think it's healthy yeah um, so yeah what about you
1: there's a we're the same we're on it we, we talk about them quite a lot and my little boy and I, Zeph and i were talking about emotions and being human and being kind we talked a lot about that this morning and there's um there's a really good book actually for parents and for children it's called feel permission to feel and it's by uh, a professor i think he went it was yale or harvard or something um and he's called mark brackett professor mark brackett and he talks quite a lot in one of his chapters about being an emotion scientist And how we all have to be emotion scientists, which basically means what we're talking about now. It's about recognising our emotions and being emotionally intelligent, but also learning how to deal with them, because it's it's not just about being emotional. We're all emotional. We all we Mm. all have. um, We've got integral emotions and incidental emotions. So your integral emotion would be if you're rock climbing or something, then your emotion might be quite fearful um, because it's protecting you, or if you're in love, then it's joy. Those are those integral emotions. But the incidental emotions have got nothing to do with what's actually going on in your life at that time. So, if you maybe like you had an argument, um, you and Michelle would have an argument, or I'd have an argument, or it, 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 you're in an uncomfortable situation, mm. and this really hit home to me. If you then get in the car or get on the bike and go and drive somewhere or go somewhere, it, it impacts your. Your behavior it impacts how you drive you know you might start driving in a more aggressive fashion or speeding maybe. or a bit more erratically or if you're mm. on your bike, you might not pay as much attention because you're because you're um, sort of taken away with those other emotions that happened earlier and I just think that's really interesting that that you have to what you what apparently we 've got to get good at is recognizing that when it happens to us and being aware of it and sort of pausing and thinking. Mm. Okay, what am I reacting to? Am I am I reacting to something that happened earlier today or am I reacting to this situation? And that is part of building up your emotional intelligence. Mm.
0: I don't know if this is along the same lines, but I was watching a a lecture with a neuroscientist called Andrew Wright. And he was talking about how we are naturally drawn to negativity um, Mm. and, and negative emotions um, in particular, I mean, it's something that's sort of anthropological, fan- oh, I can't say that word, it's anthropological, hard, anthropological? Um, in the, you know, from from back in the sort of days where we were sort of um, trying to be aware of maybe being eaten by a wild animal, um, but those negative thoughts are so ingrained in us, um, but we've evolved, obviously, as, as a species, But a lot of those instincts are still with us. Um, They've just changed now. You know, like you say, having an argument with someone or being aware of um, perhaps if you get a bad review or you're told you're not very good at your job or whatever that might be. It might be a social media post that's upset you. Those things, we're very aware and in tune with those things.
1: Yeah, the other thing apparently that sort of fits into that category is when your phone pings, regardless whether it's an email notification or a social media, that apparently sets off those um, those those old school emotions of mm. fight or flight. It's like, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? And, and yeah. it makes you anxious. And everybody, when you talk to mental health specialists and psychologists and psychiatrists, they all say, switch off uh, your phone. You know, don't have it on alert like that. Refer mm. to it when you need to, or check your emails when you need to, or set a time limit to it. But don't have that constant. <gasps> and it is you do feel it, don't you? when you see the little flashing light. Oh, it's a message. Yeah. What is it? It's mm. yeah.
0: Absolutely. And actually, on the flip side of that, sometimes if you've sent a message to someone and you don't receive one back and you start to get you feel that negative energy around the fact that someone hasn't messaged you back when you've reached out, that can be very, very damaging to your uh, to your mental health sometimes, I think.
1: But I think that is partly the fault of the the world that we live in today, because we've got these little supercomputers in our hands now, mm. almost 24 hours a day or next to our bed at night we expect an instant response from people all the time whereas before we had smartphones if somebody sent you an email you might get a response what the next day or maybe the day after that yeah. now if you don't get the response instantly it's exactly as you explained it's sort of this oh, oh my gosh what's happened they're ignoring me or mm-hmm. did the, or did, did the message go through or don't they like me anymore or did i say something wrong you know you're constantly questioning yourself if it's not this instant feedback loop, and I hope that that's part of this whole, you know, we talk a lot about what's going to change after Corona or you mm. know post Corona, and I hope that that instant response thing goes away a bit, a bit like the do you need to go to work every single day? Can you work from home? Can there be more flexibility from your workplace to let you do that? I think we should all just like chill a bit about
0: getting an instant response and just wait, give people time. I mean, this sort of segues into some things about uh, friendship in particular. I mean, obviously our guest today is uh, Caroline Millington, who has written two books, one the friendship formula and another one called kindfulness. And we talk quite a lot on, on the, podcast day about friendships and the toxicity of friendships and being able to sort of move away from those toxic friendships
1: yeah and she's very good on what we're talking about now the emotional intelligence yes. both of her books have got really good uh, tips and advice about being emotionally aware of yourself and i love i think she said something about you know it's okay and, and it's okay to be selfish for yourself because if you can't look after yourself emotionally then how can you look after anybody else
0: yeah i think she called it positive selfishness didn't she yeah
1: that's i like that positive
0: selfishness we'll Mm. have to
1: write that down in the notebook giles
0: we're going to need that for the future because you know i think we've all become a lot more aware about self-care and looking after ourselves but we still as a society we're not great at doing that still
1: feel guilty is what you were going to say yeah (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) do I mean, how often do you, you, you know, when you have to explain to somebody, oh, I'm just going for a walk or I'm just yeah. you, you do feel guilty about it. And we shouldn't. Uh, it's it's been proven in the workplace that if you regularly take breaks and also actually interesting uh, in the book I was talking about earlier, if mm. if your boss is. Uh, good with emotional intelligence is an understanding, compassionate person and can, can, can uh, observe emotional situations with a degree uh, of, of knowledge. Um, those businesses do better yeah. because of course you're dealing with humans all the time so it'll be the bosses who recognize that and can deal with that who get get the better performance out of companies and out of people and it's exactly the same as taking that break you know stepping away from the from the screens um having you know mental health five minutes uh, just just taking care of yourself so that you can go back to whatever you were doing refreshed and and ready to go again
0: Well Caroline thank you so much for joining us on a little bit of positive. It's really lovely to meet you um in the I know we're in a virtual world but it's lovely to meet you and talk to you because I know we've been friends for quite some time on social media.
2: Yes we have. Thanks for having me. I like to uh say hi nice to meet you both in the virtual virtual flesh not the not the real life person yet <laughs> in this new weird virtual world that we yes, live in. Yes indeed. Mm. well it's mm. good to hear your voice uh, Caroline it's
1: nice to hear the voice behind kindfulness.
2: Oh thank you. <laughs>
1: and I ha- and you know when you when you speak to somebody for the first time on the telephone um you can tell I think quite a lot about somebody or you think you can tell quite a lot about somebody can't you you you, you try and work out in your head what kind of a person this is and you have got a kindful voice.
2: Oh do you think? Yes, thank I you. Think. Like gauging my character. What if I was really evil deep down inside? But oh, we've I'm, done not, I'm not, I promise. We've done our,
1: we've done our research.
2: We wouldn't have you <laughs> on. I have references. It's fine.
0: It's a very open question, but what is mm. kindfulness?
2: So kindness to me is being uh, kind to yourself and putting yourself first in a like positively selfish way. So it's, it's taking care of yourself. Uh, Because if you're not making yourself happy, how can you make other people happy? And also I think sort of happiness sort of starts with within. So once Mm. you're really happy, then you see it kind of it's like a bit of uh, kindness and care osmosis, like spreading that positivity. Mm. So
1: it's really it's a blend of kindfulness to yourself and mindfulness as well. So, it's,
2: so it's, an aw- it's an awareness, it's emotional intelligence. Exactly. So it's being mindfully kind to yourself. So I think in the book that you mentioned, like kindfulness, mm. it's very much about uh, just checking in with yourself and being a bit more reflective and catching yourself when you're being unkind to yourself or allowing others to be unkind to you.
1: Mm, that's an interesting one isn't it when mm-hmm. others because it can be quite difficult to identify that so I know that you touch on friendship in one of your books because there's this, yes. and then there's the friendship formula You've yes written both of them yeah and um, and in the friendship formula you talk about these toxic relationships that we find ourselves in where we mm. sort of we get we get Drawn into a friendship over a number of years, and then suddenly you realise actually this this isn't a very good place for me to be, and this person isn't we're not doing each other any good here. But that's quite a tough moment in your life, isn't it, when you come to that? That it assessment. is.
2: I think sometimes stepping away from a friendship or like you know breaking up the friend sounds quite dramatic, very very <laughs> soap opera. Um It can be more painful than a relationship breakup because if you're breaking up with a relationship, it's normally gone wrong and you know why, and you know it. It you know you need to walk away but with a friendship we become so emotionally invested and our you know our lives become very entwined mm. it can be really hard because you there's so much guilt involved you're trying you be paranoid you know am I doing the right thing is it me you know especially when it's it's not that they're being outrageously mean but if you're spending time with somebody even if you've known them for decades we change so much over time mm. so If the, I guess the power shift, it's like, or the friendship shifts and you come away thinking, I'm not sure there's not something right. I didn't enjoy that or they belittled me or why do they, because, you know, I think comparison is the thief of joy and comparison can be very difficult in friendships. So at any point, if you're, I guess, in a friendship group or with somebody who you walk away thinking that is just not serving me, it sounds really selfish, But I think setting boundaries, you can try and reframe a friendship and change those boundaries and, you know, keep in touch with the person. But sometimes you also have to walk away if they're bringing so much negativity to your life that it's not healthy for you and your mental health and your self-confidence.
1: Giles, have you ever been able to do that? Because I was going to ask you, how do you, it, do you sort of have an official split up? Do you tell that person? <laughs> do, you go, do you say, look, Ooh. I so, and if so, Giles, I can't imagine you ever being able to do that because you're just too nice.
0: <laughs> I'd find it very difficult. I don't, I have, I have fallen out with people. Um, over very you know in the past well yeah we all have and and like you say we all have um but it is very difficult I think more like you say more so with a with a friend than with like in a relationship if you're in a sort of sexual relationship with someone Mm. it's sometimes easier to move away from that thing um so you've you know if you've been entwined with someone very closely but with a friendship it is very difficult particularly like you say to have a conversation about it and I think um, I'm interested to know whether you've ever had to have that, Caroline, as well. Or have you ever had to have, have an actual conversation with someone,
1: like a breakup, a friendship
0: well, like breakup? A
2: bre- I, yeah. I have, and it wasn't easy at all. And I did. It's interesting because I think when you're breaking up, you can either sit down and talk to the person, message the person, mm. which is what I did. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain why. Or ghost the person, which yeah. is yeah. Yeah, which is also Um, very good. Yeah, and I've spoken to people who have been ghosted as well, and it's so hurtful. Um, I think it just depends on the behaviour of the other person. Like if it's that toxic that you know they've left you in the middle of the nowhere and you know come back twelve hours later, then that's Mm. probably not great behaviour. But no, in my um, in my instance, it had been it was a friend um, for many years, very close, and we were on holiday with a group of friends, and to cut a long story short um we I was very disappointed in some of her behaviour and drink was involved, and I mentioned it, and she shouted at me so much and was very defensive um mm. and it was really upsetting and I realized that I deserved to be treated better by a friend, and it was really hard, so we actually um afterwards, I just said I needed some time. So far, you know, our friendship had taken a bit of a batter and it was, it was, it was the final kind of straw for me, so to speak. Mm. Um, so I just needed some time out. And uh, she was like, yes, take all the time you need. Like, so she understood. Um, and I guess what I really wanted was to have that time and for her to come back, having self-reflected that this has happened. And to say sorry. And to say sorry and, and for us to grow. And that didn't happen. So mm. to this day, we're actually still in touch you know mm-hmm. I'm not the kind of person to be like you're dead to me that's it you know mm-hmm. if if she ever picked up the phone i'd be there for her we'd check in on each other occasionally but it was just the friendship completely did a 180 and had to be reestablished and that's okay i needed to do that it was it was having too much impact on my self esteem my self confidence my mental health um so i had to kind of step away from from i get the depth of the friendship rather than Mm-hmm. The and actual friendship, yeah. yeah.
1: So it, so it, it's not.
2: It, it's it
1: wasn't that that cut of, as you said. I'm never seeing you again, and you didn't actually no. have to have the the divorce conversation where you you split things up and you never never glance at each other.
2: No, not personally, but. Um, in the book and both books i did sort of an anonymous survey and some of the stories of people like yes i cut out my toxic friend i found out she'd slept with my and ditched oh, her and no. just the stories of friendship betrayal and i think that's the thing with friendships versus relationships the loyalty with friendships mm. you know you invest so much in someone you expect the same in return so when the, when there's betrayal that's you know that's when there's issues
0: do you think it's fair to say that sometimes friendships are seasonal as well? Like we know, we have friends for a period of time, and it and it serves a purpose for both parties. And then you know, sometimes you just move on and you have different friendship groups. It's, do you think that's that's fair to say as well?
2: Absolutely. I think not just seasonal, but there's uh, as, as Taylor Swift coined the the term situationships, where mm. you become really close to someone, like uh through an experience so you know when you go on holiday and you meet someone or another couple and you hang out the entire oh it's like that friends episode where monica and china can't understand why these best friends don't want to see them when they come back again (laughs) um you can bond with people really quickly over a situation whether it's college or a trip or um even in the office at work Mm. um but people come into your life at various points and for various reasons. And there's quite a lot of work in the book on friendship circles and how many people you can actually be friends with at one time and how many can be in your inner circle, which is sort of up to five. And then your next circle out is about 15. So those that you see like on a regular basis. And then the next circle are those that you will maybe see at weddings or, you know, big birthdays. Mm. And people can move in and out of those circles and they probably do depending on your situation um, and your 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 life makeup. So someone who's your best friend, for instance, if I guess they get married and have children and you haven't or the other way around, your friendship might adapt slightly because you become friends with people in the same situation as you. But then they yeah. might come back into your inner circle in a few years time. So I think there should be some flex in friendships and understanding of of how much time people have, because we only have a finite number of hours in the, in the day and the week. So yeah. we can't cram in everybody who's nice to us along the way.
1: And I think often uh, uh, that that breaking point or that change, a shifting point rather in friendships can be when you do have children, if, if somebody mm-hmm. does have children. Of course, we don't all have children. But if if you do have children, your life just changes because your routines change. You know, you want to go to bed earlier because you need, you know, you're going to wake up earlier. You can't go out every weekend. You know, so things just naturally shift for you and therefore you'll have friends who I mean I've got friends who haven't got children who I'm still really close mates with and they'll say oh do you want to come out on Friday or you know we're doing we're all going to festivals and I go I can't sorry no I'd love to I'd love to see you but I just can't do that at the moment it's just just doesn't fit in with with the kids and Mm. and that's kind of my life but I hope I'll get back there you know one day not you know doing all the same stuff but you'll have eventually, I mean, my children are very young and, and Giles, yours as well. So they demand a lot hmm. of time and a lot of attention. And you want to be there to give them your best as well. So you can't do that juggle too much where you're trying to, you know, still lead that that singleish life and be a good parent and be good at work. That doesn't work, does it? That's going back to the kindfulness thing. Yeah. You, can't, you can't be kind to yourself in that situation or in, no. in, in those modern situations.
2: Well, you, this is the thing. That's where sort of being positively selfish comes in because as a parent, Both of you, you're going to put your children first, and the, you know, your partner, you, you have to have that understanding as a friend that that's what happens. But I think parenting, and there's a whole chapter on the change of relationships between parents and non-parents because there can be so much resentment build up from either side as well, Mm. um, and how that happens. But I do notice that I think it's not a competitive nature, but maybe a misunderstanding sometimes or a lack of communication between mums and non-mums. But no one, and Giles, I'm interested to hear your point of view on this. Mm. Like, has your have your male friendships changed since being a father? Because I, I bet, Julie, yours have with your girlfriends. But yeah. I wonder, do men's change as much?
0: Um, I think you, well, I suppose what happens often is you sort of meet um, partners of other mums mm-hmm. who have, um, for example, when you've met people in postnatal um, groups, like my wife did, she's got, you know, we've met lots of people groups of people within those circles and and baby groups and things like that so you sort of start to meet those the partner people so you meet new people and yeah and, and I think we formed a very strong friendship with some people in our local area after we had our children but you know some of those kind of friendships kind of dissipate sometimes and you start to move on to you know and I think for me a lot of my older friends started having children and families and were still living in the area mm. and so we kind of went back and, and renewed friendships
2: yeah so that, you've got that more happens. in common then. Yeah, I've of course. Got, you kind yeah. of rebond. Yeah,
0: yes. I get yeah, it. absolutely. Yeah, and I find so, it fascinating because
2: yeah. yeah. I, I, I've got I'm single. I don't have children. Mm. Um, and so many of my friends, you know, we're all in our early forties. Some have been married for you know twenty odd years. Got you know quite you know teenage children. Some have got just had babies. Mm. Um, and some like me are, are single with no children or are single parents. Mm. And how those changes all differ, and it's not about some friendships being better than others it's about the person i think um and how much they're able to invest
1: it's different isn't it because I've got lots of single friends uh, Caroline and I really include them. They 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 we have an open house policy in our home. So whoever's around come in, come and have a coffee, just or a did tea. Hear that.
0: Yeah, well, same. Same <laughs> yeah. same I've open house I'm as well. Just so like, yeah, so you, like, yeah, you're I'm welcome. <laughs> you're welcome go straight
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I I become conscious that those single friends of mine don't want to come and do that kind of thing. You know, they don't mm-hmm. always want to come and do like time with the kids or be, you know the kids are Uh, maybe they're in the garden playing, whatever it is, but it's a very, it's a different kind of socialising. And you you don't want to, I wouldn't always want to inflict it upon you and say, Caroline, come round, you know, and there are 10 other screaming kids going around and it's just a different atmosphere. So it it is being... um, just being sensitive as well, isn't it? Towards towards both
2: both ways, definitely. And I think it's carving out a new form of friendship. Um, my best friends got married when they were twenty three, so my godsons are now uh, fifteen and twelve. Um, mm. Our friendship changed. I mean, we weren't exactly out on the town. Raving every weekend. But once they had kids, I would go up there all the time and hang out. You know, mm. I'm the one we go out paintballing or you know, Nerf guns and watch movies together, and it just reframed what it is. So I think having a conversation with single or, you know, non parent friends of what are your top five things to do with my kids?
1: Yeah. And what
2: would you hate to do? And then you just go from there because often we want to, but it is kind of also that. Um, I guess having an honest conversation of can we spend some time together without the children? So how do you, you know, how do you carve that out? So I know with a lot of my um, mum friends, we will have a weekend away, even if it's like once a year or twice a year. We'll go somewhere for a day trip or we'll go somewhere overnight or do something. And that's really precious.
1: And you you talk about this in in the kindfulness book, don't you? The commandments of what you must do for yourself you will make time for yourself. You you will be more compassionate towards yourself. And and I suppose this it's the same with friendships. You have to do those things with friendships as well.
2: Yeah, and in, and invest in these people. We all we do tend to take friendships for granted, and I think often we can sit there. And I don't know. I'm totally guilty of this. I, you know, I've written a book on being kind. I've written a book on. Um, friendship it doesn't mean I'm a perfect friend or I'm always kind you know that that's just not how life works but I think we can often sit and be like oh I could really do with someone reaching out to me right now and I do that sometimes I'll be like you know I've not heard from anybody or you know I wish someone would get in touch and then I have to have and then I think actually who haven't I been in touch with Mm. Who haven't I reached out to because they might be feeling the same way. So often I will drop and jazz you're so good at this, will just drop a message every now and again, just saying, saying, just saying hi. And mm. I think particularly in the last few months, I mean, that's been so important. I live on my own. So, and I now work from home and I'm so lucky to still be working during this pandemic, but that means I've not seen, I've seen one friend in the last three months and I haven't had any physical contact with a, another person for over three months Mm. so but the connections with friends has been amazing over zoom and technology and that's what's i think we've kept our ourselves all sane it's been like who's in your quarantine like who who's there for you kind of as your sanity saver to to connect with and keep those conversations going
0: yeah i I would say actually over this period of time we've we've connected more with each other in some respects, you know, which seems silly because we, because obviously we're not physically, but we're trying to compensate. I think, for that lack of Mm. physical connection by connecting more you know we I do regular zoom quizzes with friends and stuff things we would never normally do you know we probably hardly ever see each other um you know maybe once or twice a month but we're doing it every week you know and make I think a lot of people are doing that with their families as well and actually making the time to contact each other more and I think again like you said a minute ago um I've I, it's something I've been very aware of and when I'm in those moments where I'm th- thinking oh, I'd like I really could do with a message right now I've I've actually made the point to message other people so that I can connect with them and see how they're doing and then obviously you get that that lovely feeling when you can actually talk to someone and hear how they're doing um I think that's really important for both parties
1: I've become quite bad actually with the with the friendship thing and I've got you know that that circle of five I've got, who are my close friends, who we're always in contact with. But I've found the whole, oh, let's have a party over Zoom, or I, I find that I just I haven't really got into that, and making an appointment at five o'clock to sit down and do a pub quiz over your laptop. I just haven't been able to prioritize that because I'm, I suppose, I want to spend more time with the kids, or I just. I haven't I haven't felt it. And maybe I should maybe I'm being selfish because I should be I should be doing that to to include myself more in the groups.
2: No, but you're I'm being not. positively selfish. It's not for everybody. And I think that that was when we went into lockdown. Everybody said, you know, this is what should we do and i like quizzes so i set them up and they now i do so many of them it's ridiculous (laughs) but the reason to do the quiz was we need a reason to get together otherwise it's going to be a really awkward zoom chat of people talking over each other or not having anything to say so Mm. it gave it some structure Mm. um but people don't always come people dip in and out as they see Mm -hmm. fit there's no rules around it and for some people um this time it's been so difficult whether i mean i mean it's been heartbreaking for so many hundreds of thousands of people around the globe but it's been a challenge for all of us just in general and it's whatever gets you through the day and for some people it has meant actually i'm going to close down the shutters and not socialize as much and i'll pick it up later and regroup or spend time you know doing what wants to be done i think we spend too much time worrying or comparing oh they're doing that over there so i should be doing it and we shouldn't be doing that at all so julia don't worry about the zoom quizzes
0: I right. mean I lose them all not, anyway,
2: so I wouldn't worry. Like, it's not like I'm winning every night.
0: Be the host and then you never lose.
2: <laughs> I hosted the first week and did the same one about five times, and haven't <laughs> had to do one since because I set them all up, and then that was it. but they've got I did them off scraps of paper just reading them out like a normal person. yeah like, oh they're, they're spreadsheets, there's audio yeah, ones, there's <laughs> visuals, they're photos. I'm like, oh guys, don't come out to me again. because yeah. it'll be awful.
0: My wife and I have gone a bit that way with the quizzes, oh. unfortunately.
1: <laughs>
2: oh dear I, i'm gonna stay away this is all this is
0: all just <laughs>
1: confirming that my choice is the right yes. one <laughs> i'll just send all of my lovely friends more text and tell him that i love them, and leave yeah. them. <laughs> um I suppose we should we should let's let's uh, focus on some positive things Caroline Mm. so you do uh, social media which is how we all met yes and as we've said it's a really powerful tool right now as well Um, you've got some little tips in there about how to manage social media in a positive way haven't you how it doesn't basically take over your life
2: yeah I think um I was a really early adopter of um social media sort of back in the day when like facebook and then twitter and instagram and before that obviously myspace oh, oh, oh MySpace. yeah MySpace. i remember that yeah remember i had myspace
0: that? and tom MySpace. everyone
2: everyone's friend with tom yeah the creator. <laughs> yeah back in the day um and i find it really useful and helpful of ways of connect and i use all the platforms very differently so um my facebook page is private I'm not <laughs> No particular reason, there's nothing much interesting on there, but it's kind of like photo albums, so I'll do moments and you know nice pictures because then they it's something to keep rather than how communicate with people and I'm friends mm. with loads of people that I don't ever see anymore, people from school or those kind of people and then I guess Instagram is where I would talk about books and inspiration stuff, and it's just quite nice and I don't know stories is a nice throwaway because it's only there for twenty four hours. Um, and then Twitter used to use a lot more and can be quite a strange place to be. So as you said, um, social media has got so many positives. That's how we all met, which is great. Mm. Um, and I have met people uh, on social media and then in real life, which is always interesting. Yeah. Um, but it can be quite difficult, especially with something like Instagram, where, like I was talking about comparison, mm. you need to be in the right frame of mind to be using it. Because if you're swiping through and just going, they look better than me. They've got a better life than me. They've got a better job than me. They're in a relationship. Why don't I have a dog? Whatever you're seeing and just it makes you feel crap that you're using it in the wrong way. And we're all, we all have the power to either unfollow, mute, block, uh, curate who we, you know, curate who we see and what we see. So we should Take responsibility of that. And I would definitely say tap into how you feel after being on social media, because if you come yeah. away feeling miserable, then you're you're in control of that. You're following the wrong people and talking positivity. A lot of the accounts I follow on Instagram are really positive and on Twitter and Twitter's a minefield because you don't know who's going to retweet you know, oh, there's yeah. certain people I don't want to see what they've got to say because I don't respect them. So I just I don't want to see it. So it does annoy me when people retweet, going, "I can't believe they said this." It's like, well, don't just don't retweet <laughs> yeah. it.
1: I know, don't, don't give that.
2: I, I I need Don't give the oxygen.
1: I said that to Giles about something yesterday. I'm not yes. going to say who it
2: was, but no. I just
1: said, don't give her the
2: oxygen. Exactly, <laughs> probably the same person. Exactly, <laughs> it's, it's like me. just don't go there. <clears throat> um, but I think. Twitter is also an incredible place where there's a sense of community, there's a sense of positivity. Um, I use it a lot to talk about uh, charity work or charities I'm supporting or good causes I'm supporting. Uh, More recently, talking about Black Lives Matter um, and having interesting conversations on there and Mm. trying to, I guess... um, get my opinion across as in um i took a picture of all the books i've read on race and diversity and was like these are the books that i've read you might want to check these out so there's a lot of people who do good on twitter it's just kind of wading through uh the the negativity that can be on there but again mute block step away and curate your feed because that's you're in control of that button
1: well, Jazz and I spoke about this before uh, before you came on, Caroline. Emotional intelligence is this, mm. this ability to to recognise your own emotions and then to be able to deal with them. It's sort of taking a pause and working out why you're feeling that way. Is it you or is it something, have you been prodded by something? And that takes a little bit of learning, which is what yes. we're all trying to do. Definitely.
2: Because you're learning about yourself. I think that with, well, it it's kind of has to be self-taught. This is not something that happens overnight you know I wasn't like this in my 20s I was a right old mess so I think you just it's something that comes I guess with confidence and wanting to do that and building that self-awareness and um you know kindfulness was born out of me being unhappy and me going why am I so unhappy when I haven't got anything to particularly be unhappy about and going to therapy so you know I that was such a positive step for me mm. and something that I did for years and that allowed me to, I guess, take control and set boundaries and become more positive in my outlook. My life hasn't changed. No, nothing particularly has changed in my world. It's just how I see it. Do you think you're happier, though? Oh, much happier because I'm choosing to be. And I think um, if you set aside mental health, which is obviously very serious, of, you know, degrees of anxiety and depression, if you are in sort of fairly reasonable, good mental health, then... I believe happiness is a choice and can kind of be learnt. You could you know wake up and see all the good things and what you should be grateful for, and practicing gratitude is a really good way of doing that. Or if you're in the habit of ruminating and and dwelling on the negatives on situations, you can sort of become aware of that and catch yourself and reassess and go, why why am I focusing on the negative when I can see the positive just there? So it's these things that are covered in mindfulness and, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but we do have um, the ability sort of neuroplasticity is kind of how the brain can change and you don't, you're like, how can you change the brain, you know, but the more you do something and repeat something, um, you can change that function of your brain. So if you're repeating the same experiences over and over, your experiences, behaviors, emotions and thoughts. If you change them over and over, then you will change how you feel and how you feel about yourself, and that I just think that's incredible.
1: It is; it's magical, isn't it? That the brain Mm. is actually plastic. That's essentially it's a malleable uh, organ that you can, to a certain degree, control. It is just yeah, because often people
2: will say, "Oh, I'm just like this is me. I'm just like this." And I don't think we need to change dramatic I don't think I've changed dramatically, but you can definitely tweak yourself. You can bring out mm. the better bits and understand why you know why you feel negatively about certain areas and deal with them. It doesn't happen overnight, you know, it took me years, but I'm definitely better for it.
0: That's so powerful when you think about it like that, just that we can just tweak if we if we just took a bit of time to tweak and give ourselves a bit of space to tweak how we think and do and do things and react to things that actually can make such a massive change to ours mm-hmm. and other people's lives. That's the, the yes. other thing I think because of the impact we have on other people and the way we conduct ourselves is so, you know, going back to not um, retweeting um, mm-hmm. sort of more toxic things. Um, if we can give ourselves a, a bit more time to think about those things and reflect on them more and not dive in, which we often do. I think we don't give ourselves the time. And I know it's difficult because we live in a very fast-moving world, but just being able to give ourselves a bit of time to reflect, I think is is incredibly powerful.
2: Reflecting is so important and when we've got time. And I think Mm -hmm. generally we're all scared of change. No one likes change. It makes us uncomfortable. So if you don't think about it as changing, but you know, tweaking or our thoughts are so... um, our thought patterns are really negative in general. We have kind of repeat negative thoughts all the time. And if you've got sort of up to 70,000 thoughts a day and 80% of our thoughts are negative and you might think I'm not negative, but are they doubting? Are they questioning? If you Mm. use it as a questioning thought instead of negative and you repeat those every day. So we repeat the same thoughts, 98% of the same thoughts day in, day out. Then you're telling yourself the same story over and over again. I'm not good enough or I'm not really good at my job or um, I'm not sure I'm not a good enough parent or, Mm. you know, I wish I could change my body or wish I could change my career. If you're always doubting and questioning yourself over and over again, then you're just in a spiral of, of, you know, you're lacking that. Yeah. That lack of confidence. So if you can stop and notice when you're doing it and being like, is that kind? Am I, would I speak to my partner like that? Or would I speak to my child like that or my best friend? Often we would never speak to anyone we love the way mm. we speak to ourselves.
0: We're our own worst trolls, aren't we? Mm-hmm.
2: That is that's 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 the bit
1: there. We we would often never talk to our friends the way that we speak to ourselves. I think that will resonate with a lot of people. That just makes perfect sense. Mm. Uh, there are three little things in your book, three points about social media that I think it would be uh, good to share with people. I've got them. So don't worry. Oh, I know it's hard. Really. But uh, there's a page about social media and it says love social media, but still have a life. And you can you can clarify these points, but you very succinctly say put a time limit on it. Um, we spend too much time on, on social media. Don't forget your real life friends. And don't push it. So don't get the notifications. I think those three tips uh, are so good when it comes to modern day life, because we are we are in this world. Social media is a part of our life. So we have to learn how to navigate it, don't we?
2: Yes. And I have to try not to be a hypocrite because uh, digital and social media is my day job as well. So I spend a lot of time on platforms or talking about it. Um, but I think I don't have any push notifications on my phone apart from text and WhatsApp messages. There mm. is and um breaking news. I don't have any I won't allow any social media to interrupt my life because it should be my choice when I go there. And otherwise it's nudging you constantly and it can interrupt and take away from a moment of joy. If you're doing something joyful and then you get a oh, someone sent a tweet, it distracts you. So I would definitely turn off all your notifications. Um, I think it is completely up to you, who you follow, like I said, um, and how much time you spend on it as well. That's quite tricky because I've, I've fallen down TikTok holes of doom for hours at time watching strangers dance. It's just, it's just, it's like, I'm a grown woman. What am I doing? Um, there's so much random joy to be found and I think inspiration as well. So I do think at night don't start scrolling in bed. It's just such a bad habit, and we can, Giles. Sort of, yeah, Giles.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry.
2: <laughs> You're scrolling, aren't you? Now, while we're
0: <laughs> no, I'm not.
2: <laughs> I think, I think social media, like we said, you know, it can be really difficult, but there's so many positives to be found in it. It's just about mm. making those kind of little positive tweaks, like um, to how you deal with it and how you use those platforms, and when you allow yourself to, you know, pick that phone up. And, you know, double screen during a show. Like, perfect. You know, tweet along to your favourite programme and go and follow your your favourite influencers and people who make you feel good. Um, But just make sure that you also uh, reach out to your friends in real life. Yeah, because it's it's great sometimes. Leave your phone at home. I know, crazy. We used to not have mobile phones. It was fine. Life went on. Put your hands up,
1: Giles and Caroline, if you... Have dinner and the the phone is on the dinner table. If you're out with friends,
0: no, no, I don't. I, I no, put it away. I,
1: I don't do that either. But I get I really to- cross. You see so many people who are doing it. And uh, from a a psychology point of view, apparently it's very bad to have the phone on uh, on the table because you are automatically distracted and not paying attention to the people Mm. that you're with Mm. because you're waiting for those notifications. Or if you're not waiting for the notification, you keep absentmindedly turning it over to see if something's come through because that's how addictive we've all become.
2: Yeah. For me, it's like once everybody's there, take a group shot if anybody's that interested in food, take a picture of your food and put the phone, not not even, it's not good enough for me even having it face down. Usually I'm like, no, in no, my put bag. It away. and I've yeah. asked friends as well, really politely and be like, do you mind putting your phone away? Because I find it quite not disrespectful. I'm trying to think of the right word, but if I'm with someone, I want, I want their attention. I want to invest in them and have them invest in me. And if there's mm-hmm. something better happening on their phone, it kind of makes me feel horrible. So, you know, you have to sometimes be like, do you mind, can you, and understandably if someone's got a sick relative or, you know, there's an emergency thing going on, absolutely yeah. fine. Um, but as a rule, no, mm. pick friends away.
0: Well, Caroline, it's been fascinating talking to you. And I, we could talk about this stuff for for hours, um, but we are running out of time, unfortunately. We like to ask our guests at the end of the podcast for Three things they would put in our positive happy jar. Oh, mm. so
1: and at okay. any point we have to we have to warn you here. At any point in the future, uh, Caroline, we might use your happy your happy things from oh. our happy jar to make other people happy. That's what we do. We ha- we're going to have a moment where we have a sort of a a happy jar reveal day, and we'll we'll pull out everybody's happy happy jar thoughts and we'll share them.
2: Oh, that's really nice i like that a lot mm. right so i need to think of three things i'd put in the happy jar yeah and it could be as random as i like
1: whatever you like and then we would say oh remember when caroline it was for her it was this and it might be it could be something abstract or it could be something very specific uh, richard walker had a place that he loves to surf and for him that was that was in his happy in the happy jar
2: Okay. So there's, um, there's a place near where I live called Hall Place. And, um, that's where since I've lived in this area, I've always gone with my sister and my niece and nephew, Jake and Eliza, since they were babies. And I've taken them on my own. I take them with my sister. And when the kids come and stay with me, we always go there. We go and take a picnic. We go for walks. We play hide and seek. And they've got these amazing sort of, um, topiary, uh, beasts in their, um, And it's just a really nice place. And I've got a photo of the kids chasing each other around like under a willow tree. It's just really lovely and always has nice memories. So it's a
1: lovely building with lovely gardens. It's It's...
2: really, it's really, really old. So it goes Mm. back sort of um, centuries of beautiful gardens and sort of a little garden centre. And my sister um, once picked up some leaves she's very arty I didn't think anything of it and then for Christmas she'd um sprayed dried them sprayed them and mounted them with uh cut out handprints of my niece and nephew and sort of written memories on a whole place and stuff on it and framed it for me so no, it's kind lovely. of multi-layered it's the place is just lovely and it and um mm. I might be moving away from the area but it'll always be like special to me and you'll have your leaf drawing yes you'll have leaf I have it's so nice. um <laughs> do you need two more but yeah when you think oh my goodness I'd say uh, maybe my giraffe necklace um which my sister gave me for Christmas one year I love giraffes they're my favorite animal um
0: obsessence. are they what was it about giraffes that you like so much
2: yeah people it's kind of I guess a little bit unusual um I years ago was really lucky enough to go on safari in uh Kenya And I've been to um, Namibia previously, but on the Kenya trip, we went on a horseback safari and basically went straight up to giraffes because the animals don't see you when you're on a horse and got so close. And I was just blown away. So ever since then, I've collected giraffe things and my sister found a necklace like a silver necklace that was a giraffe which are really people don't kind of make jewelry of giraffes because it's not you know that much of a popular animal but i love them i think they're beautiful and i like the fact that the collective now is a tower of giraffes oh, they're that's so tall. Lovely.
1: yeah or or a jenny you can have a jenny of giraffe as well that's what they call oh, it oh i love that a Jenny of Giraffe, which is also nice. I must introduce you to my friend Ben Cook. He is about six foot six, so he's quite giraffe-like himself, and he shares your passion with giraffes. He's gone. I don't know if you've gone this far. He has a giraffe tattoo on the back on the back of his very long leg.
2: <laughs> oh my god! I love that. I don't it's have a giraffe tattoo. I probably should get one. I do have giraffe cuddly toys, mugs, um, cushions. I know what to get you for Christmas. I know. I just, I just think they're they're such a peculiar looking but graceful animal.
0: They're very gentle yeah. when you see them. Yes. Front of them, yeah.
2: And I like the way that when they drink, they have to like spread their legs really wide to get <laughs> yeah. down. It just makes me. Like, they're so peculiarly beautiful. Yeah. yeah, they've got strange, lots of strange things about them, but beautiful
1: things about yeah. them. Yeah. So a giraffe, anything basically. If we, we could just giraffes. throw a little a wooden carved
2: giraffe. Oh in yeah. The angel, so we could oh, see, just there. talking about giraffes, I'm like, oh my god, they're so lovely. Yeah, and giraffe. Um, and I think my final, my final item. Is I guess from a bit of a, an emotional and memory um, place. So it's a frame photo I've got of my friend Katie um, that was taken on, on a very 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 drunk girls' night out. Um, that and was three varies then it was it was was, was was shots involved. <laughs> um, and really sadly, Katie died from carbon monoxide poisoning in her home oh. ten years oh. ago, oh. Um, three months after her wedding, and oh. it was the worst thing that's happened in my life and clearly her families, who um the friendship formula is dedicated to katie with permission um of her parents and i write about grief there's a whole chapter on grief um and losing friendships because it's not an area people talk about much grief for no. family um is always understood about and understood and, and discussed but grief for a friend it's kind of it feels more of a snapshot grief that it oh. shouldn't be something you carry with you and you do carry it with you and the the photo i have of her is like her eyes are basically shut and her mouth is so wide and when the photo went on my facebook she wrote oh my god how big is my mouth and it's just a, pu- a moment of pure joy um oh. and i miss her dreadfully but she was a wonderful wonderful woman and she was one of the reasons that i went to therapy and that i wrote kindfulness and the friendship formula and her mum I saw I had dinner with her parents uh last year and there was a big memorial on around when it would have been her 40th um and they said you know it was always Katie's dream she was a journalist as well um to write a book and how proud she would have been of me so I would put my photo of Katie looking joyfully happy in oh. in the happy place as well oh,
0: so that's, that's wonderful lovely.
1: that's lovely yeah And she'd like to be next to the giraffes, I feel, as well. Yes, she
2: would. (laughs) Yeah, she'd be very happy there.
0: Caroline, thank you so much for giving us your time today. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you.
2: Thank you, Giles and Julia. It's been really fun. And it's been nice actually speaking like speaking in real life, kind of virtually.
1: Yeah, it's been lovely. And uh, Caroline has two books. One is called Kindfulness. One is called The Friendship Formula. Both of them are full of very wise uh, words and practical advice. And they're very positive and very happy to read.
0: Well, there you go, Julia. That was Caroline Millington. What a great chat. She
1: recognised yes. that she wasn't in a happy place and she did something about it. And that takes that takes real emotional intelligence and it takes strength of character as well, because to be able mm. to say, you know what, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm dealing very well with life and uh, I need to find out why. That's a brave thing to do. And she was very candid about um uh, therapy, and also being single and not having children and being in in her 40s. And that does put you in a different place to a lot of your peers. So you do, I think, have to do what she's done and, and sort of take stock. I mean, it's it's not a bad thing at all, you know, the situation she's, she's in. Um, but it's great that she's ended up writing these books, which I think have got a very yeah. friendly feel to them. They're not by a psychiatrist, they are from a very human perspective. And I think that's what's so great about her books and 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 obviously that that came across yeah absolutely she did say about that that, that, didn't she that sometimes um, not
0: for everybody because mental health is such an important thing but that sometimes we do have that choice to make ourselves happy and I think obviously writing these books has been uh, a big step forward for her in that process
1: yeah quite cathartic in a way yeah. And that's that's what we talked about. You know, the brain, the, the brain does. I mean, our neurons, uh, neurons are firing hundreds of time, hundreds of times a second. And as, as you said mm. earlier on, a lot of those feelings and emotions are negative. That's just the way it is. And you sort of you get on a repeat cycle, as Caroline said, and you need to you can break it. Um, but that's not dist- that's, that, that's not taking away from people. Who are, who are having more serious mental health issues and mm. need professional help and perhaps medication at some times and outdoor therapy, all of those tools are very important as well. But it is, I think, uh, important to understand that sometimes the brain plays tricks with you and you can override the, the nattering. It's the nattering and the chattering, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's the noise. It's cl- it's turning down the noise on these things. And I think, you know, um, Caroline mentioned it a couple of times about um, making little tweaks And when we're reflecting on things, making little tweaks on the way we behave and the way we interact with things can actually make such a massive difference.
1: And I hadn't heard. I obviously don't listen to enough Taylor Swift, but I hadn't heard about (laughs) situationships.
0: No, I hadn't heard that either. But it does make sense. I mean, we do have periods of our life where we have intense friendships with people for a particular reason. You know, I I, I spoke about times after having children and you meet lots of new people at that point. But we do sort of those things do to come and go a little bit, don't they, some of those friendships, whereas you have often got um, tr- like long term friendships with people and long term relationships with friends that um, that are there for, forever.
1: That's what we should ask people to write to us about, get in contact, because we want people to engage with the podcast. So if you're listening and uh, this all make sense to you maybe you'd share for us some of your good friendships and why they're such good friendships and have you ever had to do a friendship breakup and why and has it helped you is it a good has has was it the right thing to do and how's your life sort of got better after that because I think that's really interesting the the whole friendship breakup thing
0: yeah very difficult to do that I should imagine I've never had to do that myself but I no, I'm sort of
1: just, yeah. it's more, not ghosting, because that's not nice, but sometimes you just, you just sort of phase out of people's lives, don't you? Mm. And then nobody bothers to make the call and then that's it. Boom,
0: yeah, it's, gone. it's often a very natural kind of process, isn't it? It just happens over a period of time often. It's not a very quick thing.
1: I have had good old Barneys with all of my best friends. We've all had disagreements and arguments. I think that is an important part of friendship. You do have to be able to clear the air and get stuff out of the way. I mean, I don't, I don't agree with all of my friends about everything. So we do have quite heated debates sometimes. And we have fallen out for passages of time, but we've managed mm. to circle it back. I don't think there is a perfect linear relationship where there's never been an argument. Maybe no. you,
0: because... because <laughs> I'm a people because, pleaser, so I, I agree with everybody.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you you say you you even put a negative to that. You're not. A, I wouldn't call you a people pleaser. I'd call you incredibly kind. we're back to the kindness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that is my go to. I I do try and find kindness and and positivity in ev- every situation if possible. But like you say, it's not always as that easy as that.
1: It's not. But that's why we're doing this podcast, and exactly. we hope that you're feeling a little bit positive and you're feeling happier after listening. And uh, we look forward to hearing you or are you are we hearing them or are they hearing us we, look well, forward to we can hear joining. from them
0: yeah and they hear can from hear from us
1: you. so you can uh you can get hold of us on our twitter handles <laughs> i think that's probably the easiest is it or should we, i think we should so pro- we should probably set up an email at some stage when we when we're getting our act together but in the meantime you can find me on twitter julia bradbury or the real julia bradbury on instagram only because there is another Julia Bradbury, have I called myself that? And Giles, give give your lovely weird hand. Well.
0: <laughs> Mine is Eli is tender, which is elistender double D E R one zero ten, and you could that's the same on all my social medias.
1: We'll leave it there, shall we? I'm going back to my happy place. I've got speaking of children, we were talking about children's favourite toys. I've got his favourite two bunny, so I'm going to go and give two bunny a sniff.
0: Ah, oh, lovely. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.